This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This episode was made possible by the following sponsors. Discover more ways to enhance flavor and maximize beer yields with Salvo. Now available in varieties like Sultana, Trident, Lotus, Calypso, Cascade, and many more. Discover how Salvo can help boost your brew at hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. And thanks also to Brew Ninja, a brewery software solution that streamlines your day-to-day operations, including inventory, accounting, sales, and compliance, so that you can focus on making great beer. Listeners of this podcast will receive a unique offer by going to getbrewninja.com and using the code BREWNINJA21. That's what yeast does. It metabolizes wood sugars, converts it into carbon dioxide, ethanol and glycerol, and a plethora of flavor compounds, esters, and higher alcohols. If that metabolism does not occur properly, you won't get a proper taste in beer. With the Brewing Summit right around the corner, it's time to get into conference mode. This week on the show, the Master Brewer's Time Machine lets us listen in on a conversation that took place during the 2019 Master Brewer's Conference in Calgary. That conversation was with Graham Stewart, one of the most prolific scientists our industry has ever seen. And the type of person who makes conferences like next week's Brewing Summit something to look forward to. Where else do you get a chance to pull up a chair next to the likes of Graham Stewart? I know I'm looking forward to more interesting conversations like this one next week at the 2022 Brewing Summit in Providence, Rhode Island. Hope to see you there. Brewers talk about yeast stress, but often in sort of a nebulous way. Give us some examples of practices that cause the most yeast stress. We, we ask yeast to do things, quite frankly, that in the natural environment, they're not expected to do. We ask them to produce a lot of alcohol, far more than they normally would in the natural environment. And that alcohol has, has a nebulous and a stressful effect on, on bacteria and yeast, as if it would on us if we drink too much. The whole question of, of, of propagating yeast is also a stressful environment. We ask yeast to grow under a very short period of time to produce a lot of yeast biomass, which the brewer wants to pitch into subsequent fermentations, and uh, that way as well. Also, we crop yeast, we use yeast in brewing, which we don't in, for example, winemaking, or in the production of spirits such as whiskey, over and over again. 
the number of cycles, as we say. That cycling has a stressful effect upon yeast, because again, yeast in the natural environment is not expected to constantly be uh, recycled. We also have a take various um, precautions to eliminate contamination of yeast. Bacteria, for example, can infect a yeast culture. And we do things, for example, like washing with acid, acids like uh, tartaric acid, acids like phosphoric acid, to wash away the bacteria because bacteria are, are, are far more stress-sensitive than, than yeast. But yeast still doesn't like being washed in acid, would you? And as a consequence, that's a major effect upon fermentation. I, I'll return to the whole question of high-gravity brewing, concentrated brewing, which is what actually got me interested in yeast stress. That stressful conditions, high osmotic pressure, high sugar concentrations has a negative effect upon yeast as well. I think that's a whole, the whole question also, which we're going to be discussed in a, another paper tomorrow afternoon, is the whole question of using dried yeast. You, dried yeasts are being used extensively now in brewing. They were used in, they've been used in brewing for about 50 years and more. You dry yeast take away the moisture in the yeast, this has an effect upon some of its membranes. This can also affect fermentation. But there are ways around it, which I think we learn about again in the paper tomorrow. There are several important negative effects of yeast stress, and you've mentioned a few of them. Let's talk about fermentation rates. Why and to what extent does wort fermentation rate decrease with stress? Ah, good question. The most important sugars in brewer's wort are maltose and maltotriers. They add, they add up to at least 60, sometimes 70% of the total wort sugars that can be fermented by yeast during wort fermentation. Both these sugars are taken up by the yeast under what's known as an active transport process. The yeast requires energy. It requires ATP to take these uh, two sugars, the most plentiful sugars in wood, into the cell. Glucose, for example, the third largest sugar in wood, does not require energy. It, 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 it enters the yeast by passive transport. But as I say, maltose and maltotriers require ATP. Now, stress depletes the yeast of energy. It means that when the yeast comes to take up maltose and maltotriers under stressful conditions, the yeast is lacking in these two sugars. If it can't get the yeast, these sugars into the cell, the rate of fermentation will decrease. And that's the major, not the only one, but the major reason why under stressful conditions, fermentation rates decrease. And I show, I give some, again, again in the paper tomorrow, I give a number of examples of things that are affected by this process. Talk a little bit about what glycogen and trehalose are and what happens to them as yeast become stressed. Glycogen is a polysaccharide inside the yeast. It's got a very similar structure to a monopectin, which is part of the starch molecule. It provides the yeast with an immediate supply of energy when it, it's pitched into wood. 
When yeast is pitched into wort, the sugars in wort, and the first one to be metabolized is glucose, which I've just referred to, is not taken up immediately. For the first six, maybe to eight, 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 eight hours, the uptake of the sugars does not occur. The, the energy comes from glycogen. If the yeast can't metabolize glycogen, the fermentation process is inhibited. Also, if the yeast is under stressful conditions, glycogen is depleted. For example, as I've just expressed the fact that when yeast is repitched a number of cycles in wood, it's under stress. One of the things that's been shown, we showed this in my laboratory in my days at Labatt's, that um, the glycogen depletes. So the yeast in cycle the yeast in cycle one contains much more glycogen than the same yeast culture in cycle eight, for example. If this is the case during consistent recycling, the yeast is short of glycogen and therefore it won't metabolize quite the same. Trahalose is the other major intercellular carbohydrate, exactly, actually a, a disaccharide, two glucose units, non-reducing disaccharide. When yeast is subject to stress, just for example, under high gravity conditions, when you increase the word concentration, the trahalose increases, particularly in the early stages of fermentation. And it's that the trahalose tries, tries, not always successfully, but sometimes, to protect the yeast from the stress by protecting its membrane structure. Yeast contains a whole number of membranes. The plasma membrane on the outside of the yeast, the, the, the mitochondria membrane on the outside of its mitochondria, nuclear membrane, etc., etc., etc. If these membranes are not protected from the stress, they will literally fragment, and I'll show some pictures of that tomorrow. And this fragmented plasma membrane and other membranes affects the yeast's ability to metabolize, and it just doesn't metabolize properly. But trahalose does its best to protect the yeast from stress. Trahalose is a fascinating disaccharide. It's important in yeast, in, in insects. It's, in, it's important to us as mammals as well. But uh, my only interest has for many years obviously been it, its effect in yeast. Coming up. Uh, it, 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 it's all a matter of balance, actually. Be it as brewing is a complete pro process of balance. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. There's really only one thing that keeps this podcast going, and that's when listeners like you take the time to thank our sponsors. The next time you talk to a rep from one of these companies, be sure to thank them for their generous support. Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. 
Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Brew Monitor from Precision Fermentation works with your existing fermentation tanks to track dissolved oxygen, pH, gravity, pressure, temperature, and conductivity in real time from any smartphone, tablet, or PC. Get started for 30 days risk-free. Visit precisionfermentation.com MBAA. This episode is brought to you by RAR Malting Company, celebrating 175 years of the malt of reputation. Since 1847, RAR Malt has been a benchmark of quality and consistency for brewers everywhere. RAR can help your brewery maintain quality and consistency. Our technical center provides testing and analytical expertise on barley, malt, beer, and other fermented beverages and ingredients. Learn more about our services at bsgcraftbrewing.com. Are you looking to improve quality, shelf life, and sleep better at night while offering a wider portfolio of beverages? Alpha Laval has over 30 years of experience delivering inline flash pasteurization technology to the brewing industry. Flexitherm is a tried and true flash pasteurizer at an affordable price and comprised of Alpha Laval's own high quality pumps, valves, and heat exchangers. Whether you offer barrel-aged beer and non-alcoholics or are expanding your customer reach with your core brands, Alpha Laval's Flexitherm can accomplish all your goals in a flash. Visit us at alphalaval.us slash MBAA to learn more. KegShoe is trusted by hundreds of breweries around the world to track and manage keg fleets, empower sales teams, and gain new insights into how their beer is treated from distributor to tap. KegShoe. Sell more, lose less, deliver your best. For more info or to get started with keg tracking, CRM, or smart monitoring, visit kegshoe.ca slash podcast. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. The 2022 Brewing Summit, that's the combined meeting with Master Brewers and ASBC, is August 14th through the 16th in Rhode Island. District St. Paul, Minneapolis has their summer meeting August 30th at The Lab. Don't miss the August 31st webinar on non-alcoholic beer production using evaporative de-alcoholization methods. The world-famous Master Brewers Brewing and Malting Science course begins September 9th. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Now back to the show. Graham, I think you and I talked about this um, on, a, on a previous episode. We know that Trehalos protects the cell against stress, but do we know exactly how it does that? <laughs> You're asking difficult questions now. The answer is no. We know it does its best to protect the membrane structure, the membranes, because it's more than one structure, but we don't really know. And I wish to God I had a facilities in a laboratory, no, but I'm retired, I can't, to protect these membranes. It's interesting, actually, that the lady who, first of all, identified Trehalo's importance in yeast, a lady called Nita Panak from Brazil, died a few weeks ago, and she was a good friend, and I... And I wrote to her daughter and said my condolences because I we don't we don't really understand and I wish to God somebody would do some more work on this I don't know who is working on Trahano's metabolism these days there's an area for somebody I know wish it was me but I don't have a laboratory 
Graham, what happens when there's not enough glycogen? Does the cell just move on to work when glucose right away? When there's not enough right glycogen, away? the yeast doesn't metabolize properly. Because when they, well, what happens is if the glycogen is low, as I've said, the glycogen is used to produce the important membrane constituents, particularly lipids, sterols, which are important in membrane structure. And the glycogen goes directly to these sterols. In fact, it's been traced. And I will show some, a, 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 a figure tomorrow showing the relationship between glycogen and sterile synthesis in yeast during the early stages of fermentation. If the yeast doesn't have enough glycogen, it doesn't metabolize properly. Because sterols are important when the yeast starts to grow. Yeast grows in the early stages of fermentation during the first 24, 36 hours, depending on the, the original gravity of the wood. And if, if, if glycogen is, 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 is low, it won't metabolize properly. And you'll get uh, slow metabolism, high levels of, uh, of things like sulfur compounds, such as hydrogen sulfide and sulfur dioxide. And as I've already said, it also has the inability to take up, take, take up the two very, very important uh, wood sugars, maltose and maltotriose. Anything else brewers um, can expect when pitching old cultures? What they can expect is poor fermentation uh, efficiency, which is very important. That's what yeast does. It metabolizes wood sugars, converts it into carbon dioxide, ethanol and glycerol, and a plethora of flavor compounds, esters, and higher alcohols. If that metabolism does not occur properly, you won't get a proper taste in beer. It won't metabolize the beer efficiently. And also it will produce metabolize, metabolize to produce flavors that the average beer drinker doesn't like. Do you want to give some advice for yeast storage between repitches? Yes, and I've talked about that. In, I talk about that briefly in the paper as well. Uh, don't make sure you don't allow the yeast to be stirred too efficiently, because you will literally knock the cell surface off the yeast. Yeast cell wall consists of mannan and proteins, and uh, essentially mannan floating around in beer combines with certain com com other, other proteins which come from uh, wood and this manan protein complex is not filterable and you'll get a manan haze. The beer will not be clear. As a consequence you won't get again, the average consumer those anyway who drink a beer out of a glass, which I'm afraid is less and less these days, uh, will see cloudy beer. And I don't like cloudy beer, especially when it's supposed to be bright. But um, if you don't so be, be, be properly again, you'll deplete the glycogen. And the, the effects on depleted glycogen I've already talked about. And so we, you want to store the yeast properly, which means don't store it too cold, but store it chilled. Four degrees, five degrees centigrade is a good temperature. And uh, make sure you don't stir it too viciously because you will disrupt its cell surface. Uh, it, 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 it's all a matter of balance, actually. Being as brewing is a complete pro process of balance. Do you want to comment at all on sort of the um, uh, the how fast glycogen does get depleted if those storage conditions are suboptimal? Glycogen, if it's, if it's suboptimal, say a high, too high a temperature, too high a storage conditions, glycogen can be depleted very quickly. And in fact, I show a graph where the temperature 
and it's a fact I'm trying to preach, and it shows that it's a comparison between 15 degrees centigrade and 4 degrees centigrade, and the way the rate at which glycogen is used at 15 degrees centigrade is at least 30 percent faster than it would be at 4 degrees centigrade. How about, um, let's talk about acid washing. What level of stress does acid washing cause for yeast? Yeah, you've got to do it properly. Uh, if you don't do acid washing properly, and there's some very good papers published by PhD students in my early days at Harriet Watt looked at this, but he was actually repeating to some degree some work that was done at what was then the Brew Research Foundation in Nutfield in the south of England by young by uh, two very good scientists, both good friends of them, Bill Simpson and uh, F- Philip Hamerson, where they showed that uh, they produced a paper which literally lists, and I still use the paper, the do's and don'ts of acid washing. And they are listed in, a, in point form. And the, the, the question is, keep the temperature again at about 5 degrees centigrade. Don't overstir because you'll cause shear. And the other important thing is only, only acid wash, assuming you're using something like phosphoric acid, for only about two hours. I can well remember, back to my days at the Bats, with a head brewer in a brewery not too far from here, in Winnipeg actually, uh, where he said, the yeast isn't fermenting. And I said, well, what happened? He said, well, he said, he said, we acid washed the yeast and left it in the cold room overnight. I said, there's your answer right there. You, you've lifted in acid conditions too long. Two hours is probably maximum length for acid watch. After that, the yeast begins to suffer. And it's best not to let it suffer at all. Always use a food-grade acid, even if it's folic acid. Always make sure you don't allow, you don't expect yeast to uh, metabolize too fast afterwards. There's always a bit, after acid washing, there's always a lag phase, perhaps 25% slower than the normal conditions, but it quickly catches up. But, uh, and also remember that acid washing affects uh, bacteria. Bacteria are sensitive to low pH, which yeast is not that sensitive. Also, never expect to eliminate wild yeasts. Yeast you don't by acid washing, because it won't happen. Never expect wild yeast elimination by acid washing, because you're wasting your time. Graham, would you like to talk about the effects centrifuges have on yeast cells? Yes, I was interested in the paper this morning. Well, as briefly it was talked about, about, about centrifuges. Centrifuges are marvelous things for use in brewing, again, as long as you obey, obey the, the laws of, 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 of centrifugation. Temperature is an important factor. Don't allow too much vibration. Don't allow too much stress to be on the end. The cell surface will be affected. You'll get haze again through using, because it'll shear the cell surface. And now that can cause uh, unfiltrable hazes. I have a great belief in acid uh, centrifugation. A lot of people aren't. They think it's too, too drastic on yeast. But you obey the rules. Don't overset it. Make sure that the exit temperature is not too high. We had a major problem in a brewery, I won't tell you which one, here in Canada, in my bad days again, where the yeast definitely stopped fermenting. The reason was they were allowing the exit temperature to be at 30 degrees centigrade. 
and the yeast was being sheared. It also was causing mutation. It was mainly causing a mutation called the respiratory deficient mutation. Respiratory deficiency is where the, uh, the mitochondria are adversely affected, and mitochondria don't ferment properly. Won't, they won't. They won't allow the yeast to ferment properly, and they had all sorts of problems. For example, the yeast would not deplete the acetyl during maturation. It just wouldn't take, retake up the, the, the diacetyl and other vicinal diketones, and therefore you had beer with quite high levels of diacetyl. It had a, a buttery, stale milk flavour. So again, make sure you, you look after... The other thing with the centrifuge, as I think about it, is to make sure, of course, that it's, 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 it's properly... It's properly sterilised and mature because bacteria will grow in centrifuges and you will get contaminated beer that way as well. That was the legendary Graham Stewart here on the Master Brewers podcast. I hope you get to share a beer with someone legendary next week in Providence. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, Brew Ninja, Proximity Malt, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support.